Welcome in to episode nine of Sam and Gabby's Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, Samuel Bigelow, along with my other co-host, Gabby Mozipo. Welcome in. It's Tuesday, October 26th. We're recording a day earlier than normal. Uh, Gabby's going to a Portland Timbers game, or Timbers, excuse me, wow, Trailblazers. Sorry, I was thinking soccer there. But yeah, Gabby's going to a Portland Trailblazers game tomorrow night. So early, uh, early podcast for y'all. So welcome in, Gabby. How are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty well, Sam. I'm excited to talk about fantasy football, and I'm sorry I have to go support Dame Lillard. Uh, we got John Morant in town, so got to go see those boys. <laughs> yeah, I would have been, been embarrassed of you if you were going to see the Timbers. Uh, we're a Sounders podcast here. So, yeah, happy to go uh, have you go support the Trailblazers. And uh, this week we're going to start off our podcast a little bit differently anyways. We got a listener question from my little brother, our first listener. Uh, he asked, who are some buy and who are some sell candidates? So we're going to start off with that. And Gabby, I'm going to just throw it to you right away with our first person, Chase Edmonds, buy or sell. Um, I think he's a buy personally, just because we're seeing his workload uh, increase just a little bit here. Um, now that he's getting a little bit more healthy, we're seeing now that he got 15 carries last week for 81 yards. So just a little bit more production here. What do you think, Sam, about Chase Edmonds, buy or sell? I definitely think he's a buy. Uh, he's actually my one of my best of the rest starts of the week for this week, um, just because, you know, I think people are a little low on him. Chase Edmonds has been banged up. Uh, that's been documented these last couple of weeks. He's been banged up. And uh, James Conner's definitely been the main running back there for these last couple of weeks. But last week, Chase Edmonds was back fully. He averaged over five yards a carry, got 69% of the snaps last week, which is much higher or not much higher, but back to around where he normally gets just about 60, so a little bit higher than he usually gets, actually. I think it might have been his highest snaps all season, but uh, the week before, he actually got 37% of the snaps when he was hurt, when he wasn't being utilized. So uh, that was versus Cleveland. They were running a little bit more. They kind of dominated Cleveland in that game. So uh, he's back to 69% of the snaps, which is a great sign. He didn't get utilized in the past game uh, versus Houston just because, you know, they dominated Houston. It's Houston. So I think last week you didn't see any of that passing work. Chase Edmonds is not going to be a guy who gets you a ton of touchdowns, but he's not touchdown dependent. He was one of the top, he was an RB2, a solid RB2, one of the better running backs before he got hurt. Um, And yeah, I think he's just going to go back to those, that that high scoring uh, RB2 uh, pedigree that he had before. And I think he has some upside to be even an RB1 because he was not getting those touchdowns. And I think he has a chance to, this week against Green Bay, they're going to be throwing the ball. He's going to get catches. He's going to be the number number one running back. And I think that's just going to continue. He's going to be a solid running back, too. And I think people are really low on him as he was trying to play through those injuries. So people might not be as aware of how much he was limited by those injuries. So a great buy low candidate, in my opinion. Well, Sam, that was great. A lot of great intel there on Chase and It seems like you're pretty high on them there. Uh I would like to add there also, though, James Conner is still a factor. Um, it seems like he is taking some of those goal line touches. So something to consider there as well. But Chase Simmons does – he is the passing down back and um, definitely the lead back in that room. So I definitely think he's a good buy candidate. 
But our next uh, buy or sell candidate is uh, Keenan Allen. Um, I think he's a buy, personally. That's just because he's been such a lull in the Chargers offense, and is um, just that, that's just because Mike Williams has been so good and so wow over the last uh, first seven weeks. But I think that's he's going to come down to earth a little bit here, and we're going to see Keenan Allen rise back up to the wide receiver one that you drafted him to be. Um, he's been on the field pretty consistently here, uh, over 90% snap share over the last two weeks. So he's been on the field here. And even though he had a low target of five, that was his season low. Um, over the first five weeks, he had didn't have targets lower than eight. So he's been pretty consistent there. And he has a pretty good connection with Justin Herbert with his one of the best route runners in the league. I think this is a definite buy opportunity for Keenan Allen. What, what do you say, Sam? All right, welcome back. Technical difficulties there again. Getting some things worked out. As you guys know, we are uh, somewhat new to this podcasting, so uh, we apologize there. But continuing on Keenan Allen, um, I think that he's, he's always come through. He's, we know it's going to happen at some point. This is the best the Chargers offense has been basically ever since Keenan Allen has been there. You know he's going to come through eventually. He's been disappointing for you thus far this season, but you know it's going to turn around. He is the most talented receiver there, and he's going to be the safety blanket for uh, Justin Herbert, just like you said. So um, I don't have much more to add other than we know he's been disappointing, but you Keenan Allen always comes through. Keenan Allen is a great receiver. He's going to be utilized. Definitely a good buy candidate. Our next guy, Aaron Jones, has been disappointing for you this year as well, but uh, is another one of the most talented uh, players in the league. Gabby, what buy or sell Aaron Jones? Definitely a buy candidate so far uh, this year. He hasn't really been performing all that well outside of the one uh, big week he had in week four when he had four touchdowns. But he's just such a talented running back, and you know he's going to have a couple week winning up, uh, upside matchups and opportunities over the next coming weeks where he's going to capitalize and get you big performances. Like week nine versus Kansas City and week 10 versus Seattle, those are great matchups coming up where – he has the opportunity to explode. So I think this is the perfect opportunity to grab him now. And versus Washington, an opponent where we thought he would succeed, he only got 8.9 points. So the fantasy owner might be a little bit down on how he feels on Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones is still an RB1. He might not be what you drafted him to be as maybe the RB6 or 7, but he's still going to be finished. Like Right now he is RB7. But I have I think he has an opportunity to just keep that value. So even though he's been looking down a little bit here, I think this is a perfect opportunity to get him. Yeah, I, I totally agree. A buy candidate, uh, one of the most talented players in the league. The, I think you got to do it this week, though, before. I think you got to do it before Thursday, personally. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit later. There's a lot of receivers that will probably not play this Thursday. I think that translates into potentially more targets for Aaron Jones. And as we know, in PPR leagues, that's going to translate to points. It's going to rack up quick. 
and he, he might he might really have a bounce back week this week. I would not be surprised. So if you want to get him, get him now. Um, but moving forward, I think I think you can bet on the talent of Aaron Jones. I'm not worried about AJ Dillon. Uh, Gabby, are you worried about AJ Dillon further encroaching on that role at all? No, he fumbled twice last week, so that's pretty um, sad. Pretty, way, pretty good way to get off the field, yeah. Yeah, so I think Aaron Jones is going to be there for a long time. Awesome. Uh, our next guy, Cortland Sutton. I think we're going to have a little bit of a disagreement on this one. But uh, personally, I think Cortland Sutton's a buy. I think uh, most of our disagreement comes around the return of Jerry Judy, who is likely to return this week. But – you know, I don't think that necessarily means that Cortland Sutton's role decreases. I think that's going to be a decrease in passing role for Tim Patrick mostly. Um, so, like like Jamar Chase when uh, when T Higgins returned, it was he was the number one. He's the deep threat. His role didn't decrease, but Tyler Boyd's did uh, when T Higgins returned after his couple weeks of injury. So I know that Cortland Sutton is not as talented as Jamar Chase, but he's the deep threat. I don't think that either uh, Jerry Judy or T, uh, or Tim Patrick is are as talented as a deep threat as Cortland Sutton. So I think that role is going to be safe for Cortland Sutton. He might be a little bit less consistent, but I I expect that he's a hold, um, maybe not a buy, but I don't think he's a sell. Um, so because I'm vehemently against selling Cortland Sutton, I think he's a, a buy. Gabby. What's your take? I think right now Cortland Sutton is a good sell opportunity personally, just because he's right now he's wide receiver 17. And I stated earlier, Jerry Judy is coming back most likely this week. And they've been talking about him a lot. And so that means in my eyes, I think they're going to want to get him involved early and often because they spent draft capital on him in the first round last year. And he had potentially showed that, he has the potential to be one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. So I think this was his breakout year in the making. So that kind of means Cortland Sutton moved aside. You're now the wide receiver too. So I don't see this production keeping up any longer. So if, I think now is the time to sell him. And if you're able to package him with maybe a lesser guy to get a guy like CD lamb, who's wide receiver 15 right now, or maybe package him for like a Justin Jefferson. I think that's an opportunity that you have to take right now. Cause I don't think this, I don't see this production lasting at the level that it currently is at. You know, I, I have to push back a little bit on uh, part of what you said, at least. I definitely think the production is able to continue. And I, I, I think it's because of what I said about the roles. I don't think Jerry Judy's the same type of receiver as Cortland Sutton. But I also think that your argument about Jerry Judy having his breakout season. Well, I don't think that's any different for Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, as we know, got hurt early last season, and he didn't he didn't really play at all after having a his a breakout rookie season, uh, the year or second year the year before. So, I think he was really about to shine after having a great year the, in uh, 2019. And he just got hurt. He tore his ACL. Was out for the whole year. So I just don't really see why it can't be Court- why why can't Cortland Sutton have he showed his talent. Why can't he be breaking out? Um, I think it's I think they both are talented receivers. I think Cortland Sutton's shown more on the field. I think it's just been longer since we've seen it due to his whole season being out last year. Uh, so I I do think that Cortland Sutton 
is likely to be the number one there. I'm not super confident in who ends up being their number one receiver in the end, but I think Cortland Sutton at least is safe. I think they'll be able to produce enough uh, for both guys. And I think Cortland Sutton is going to be the receiver to own just due to his deep threat ability. So uh, anything else to add there, Gabby? No, not on Cortland Sutton. Uh, Moving on to our next person. I'll let you start, Gabby. Dalton Schultz, take it away. Dalton Schultz for me is a sell right now. That is just because Michael Gallup's coming, most likely coming back this week after missing the first five weeks of calf strain. And him and Dak's connection is pretty strong dating back to last year. So I definitely think Dalton Schultz is 20% target share is going to be cut into by Michael Gallup. He's going to be the, Michael Gallup's going to come into the offense and automatically be the wide receiver three. Demand at least five to seven targets a game. And that's going to cut into somebody's targets. And it's the most likely candidate for that is Dalton Schultz. So Dalton Schultz has been on an amazing run so far. So if you're able to get a more steady tight end, I think now is the opportunity. Maybe like a guy that we're going to talk to talk about here in a little bit, if you can package him here together. But before we get on to him, I want to ask Sam how he feels about Dalton Schultz. Uh, you know, I, I feel similarly. I'm, I'm a little bit less concerned, I would say, about Dalton Schultz. Um, but if you have another guy that you have um, and you're trying to decide, oh, maybe, maybe you can sell one and hold the other, I think this is your tiebreaker for sure. Uh, Dalton Schultz, he definitely is in line to have a chance to lose some targets, like you mentioned with Michael Gallup. I'm not so sure how affected he's going to be. Like, I'm sure he will be affected some, but I'm not, not sure if he's going to fall out of that top 10 tight end category just because the bottom of that top 10 is so, so bad. But we've seen some tight ends kind of break out. Zach Ertz being traded, kind of a breakout for both him and Dallas Goddard. So there's been some opportunities to get another tight end. Maybe you have Dawson Knox and Dalton Schultz, you know. Um, so if you have two guys and you're trying to decide, do I sell one, hold the other? Definitely Dalton Schultz, good time to sell him, sell high, because as we as we mentioned, he might not be the same player going forward uh, for fantasy. But if you don't have anybody else, I still think you should be holding Dalton Schultz, um, just because if you don't have anybody else and there's nobody else on your waiver wire, uh, you don't know if there's going to be anybody else that comes along that's going to get you that top 10 upside, and Dalton Schultz will at least retain that. Uh, upside if he even if he falls out of that on a more consistent basis but he'll still retain that top 10 upside so still not the worst tight end to own but again if you have two guys and you're deciding between them don't keep Dalton Schultz Um, moving on to Darren Waller Darren Waller has been disappointing after his huge week one performance I think he's a great buy candidate right now Uh, Gabby how do you see Darren Waller. I see Darren Waller to be a, also to be a great buy candidate just because he's coming off of an injury and people are down on him after his big week one where he had 19 targets. And ever since then, it's been a kind of a downward slope, but he's been pretty consistent nonetheless. And we got to remember that tight end's a pretty scarce environment as it is right now. And him being the tight end eight, yes, he's been kind of a downer, but Derek Carr is still passing the ball a lot and he's he's still having the big target share he's still the number one target in that offense and I think the touchdowns are going to come for him and the Raiders yeah they're going to have their bye here in week eight but after that they have the Giants they haven't played Kansas City yet but so that comes in week 10 and so they mean that means you get to play them twice 
And then they get to play Cincinnati, Dallas, Washington, Kansas City again, Cleveland. And that's just for the next six or seven weeks. So he has a great matchup coming up. And also he's just a beast of a tight end. So this is the opportunity to get him now or you won't be able to get him for the rest of the season. But what do you think, Sam? Completely agreed. Uh, he's one of those guys that you got to act on facts fast. Um, he's a great tight end. He gets hyper-targeted. These are some outlier weeks. Um, even his bad weeks are about 10 points, which is great for a tight end. So trade for Darren Waller. He's disappointed you thus far if you drafted him high. If you drafted him at all, you had to draft him high. So he's disappointed you if you're a Darren Waller owner. So take a chance, reach out, see if that Darren Waller is willing to uh, to wait and have those big Darren Waller weeks that are coming or if they're fed up and willing to trade him because it definitely could be the case that they are uh, fed up and looking to get rid of him, um, disappointed by the draft capital they spent. So uh, kick the tires there and see if you might be able to get him for cheap because there's only a few tight ends that are on that level of consistency. So uh, next guy, Daryl Henderson, uh, a guy that I think is just getting a ton of work that just doesn't get the recognition that he maybe deserves. I think he's a good buy candidate um, just due to their offense and, again, how much work he's been getting. Um, nothing really stands out to me about Sony Michelle. Nothing really has impressed me about him. So I think this is an all Darren Daryl Henderson backfield, and uh, I just don't think he maybe is – being recognized as well as he or for how good he's actually been. He's only been the running back 14 thus far on the season. Um, but I think he'll be a running back one for at least most weeks going forward. I think he's an excellent buy low candidate uh, or I guess by fairly low. I mean, he's still the running back 14. Gabby, do you agree? Disagree? Yeah, I think he's a pretty good buy low candidate right now. One thing to do add though, I feel like he's not able to stay up a lot. Um, the reason why they got Sonny Michelle is because I feel like he's always nicked. So um, he has been playing pretty well so far, but I feel like he may be due to be injured for a game or two here soon. So that might be something to consider just as injury history. I mean, almost no uh, running backs play all 16, now 17 games. Um, in a season, if, if you do, you're incredibly durable. Even the top running backs usually miss a game or two. Dalvin Cook, great example of that um, this year and in past years. But Daryl Anderson, he has had some injury issues. I'm, I'm, I'm someone who's hopeful that those aren't going to continue. I don't believe any of them are uh, injuries that are easily uh, reoccurring. It's not like a Debo Samuel situation. Um, so I'm willing to take that bet and uh, – Try to get try to get Sony Michelle as well if you're concerned. I would imagine he is on the waiver wire for most in most leagues. So uh, next guy here, I just mentioned him, Debo Samuel. Uh, he's been absolutely fantastic for fantasy this season, but he has a reoccurring injury history, um, and he's just, he's a sell high just just due to that, in my opinion. Just because you don't know if he's going to get hurt, he is likely to get hurt at some point this season. Uh, Gabby, what's your take on that situation? I think Debo Samuel is a sell high candidate just because, yes, he's likely to get hurt right now, and but he's just such a big target share in the offense, and George Kittle is going to come back soon. And there's an there's a chance that 
Trey Lance gets inserted into the offense here pretty soon just by how bad San Francisco is playing. And if that happens, all the pass catchers get downgraded. So I think that this is the opportunity to trade Debo Samuel now while he's pretty highly rated as a wide receiver one, low-end wide receiver one, but still rated as a wide receiver one. He's so, a wide receiver five right now. Whoa. See, yeah. but that's impressive. So Yeah, exactly. The perfect opportunity to sell him now before um, his stock uh, plummets. Yeah, he's had over two games with 30 points. Uh, those boosted him quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, he's he's probably not going to be able to continue this level of production, even if he does stay healthy. Um, but, yeah, it, he probably won't stay healthy. So, sell high on him now. Um, so we both agree, it sounds like. So, uh, moving on to our last guy in our buy or sell category. This guy, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm probably the most unsure of of any of the guy, uh, guys we've mentioned so far. Uh, DJ Moore, he's just in an offense that started out hot, has been looking real bad these last couple weeks. Sam Darnold even got benched this week. I, I it, it, It's kind of cringy, but I do think he's a buy-low candidate. Um, that offense, I think, is going to pick it back up again. They showed us they're able to do it. I think they just need to get the kinks worked out again and they'll be able to be at least okay. And uh, that's all you really need for DJ Moore to be fantasy viable. His targets have maybe slightly dipped, but are for the most part still there. Um, Logged a season high in targets two weeks ago. The targets are still there. So he just needs to be able to get the the receptions and, uh, and break them free. So break loose. So I do think he'll still be a great, fantasy wide receiver, but um, it's scary, that offense. Gabby, are you buying or selling DJ Moore? I'm buying DJ Moore right now just because of the air yards, even with Sam Darnold. He's had three down weeks, but before that, he had two weeks of over 20 fantasy points, and he's still the wide receiver 11. Not two, just one, but he had a huge week of over 25 fantasy points versus Dallas there. So, and But with matches versus – Atlanta, New England, and Washington, and Miami coming up here pretty soon. I think he has the opportunity to explode here. So, and he hasn't played Tampa Bay yet, who which is coming up in Week 18 and 16. So, playoff matchups for people maybe. So, this, I think this is a perfect opportunity to buy him now before he really explodes and has those plus matchups here on the later half of the season. Awesome. So, we agree on DJ Moore. A buy candidate there. Uh, but that concludes our buy or sell uh, segment there. So thank you to my brother, Andrew, for sending in that question. Uh, moving on to our next segment here, our old faithful uh, news and notes, starting off with Nick Chubb in Cleveland. He should be returning this week, but it's un- it's unclear for sure. But he's likely to be playing this week. Uh, but I would still say that Dearness Johnson is going to be a good play if you own him. Um, Nick Chubb's probably not going to be 100% if he plays, and Cleveland's known to use two running backs anyways. Um, Gabby, how are you feeling about Dearness Johnson in there with the return of Nick Chubb? I think he's going to be able to play just a little bit, but I think he's going to have the Kareem Hunt rule. You obviously are playing Nick Chubb if he's back, but the Kareem Hunt rule may be a little bit less upside there than if Kareem Hunt was there, obviously, just because of the talent. But um, I think he's going to be a low-end flex play. Maybe you 
throw him out there in deeper leagues. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I see it similarly. Maybe a, a mid-range, low-end flex play. Um, with with fairly high upside, in my opinion. Um, definitely RB2 upside. Um, so moving on to our next guy, Malcolm Brown. He goes on the IR. He has a quad injury. He's going to miss, it sounds like a minimum. Well, of course, he's going to miss a minimum of, of three weeks. He's going on IR. But it sounds like it's going to be that three weeks at a minimum. Unclear if it'll be more than that. That's important because Miles Gaskin, a player that's been disappointing for a lot of fantasy owners this year, should see vastly increased work there. It's great news for Miles Gaskin. Tough for Malcolm Brown, of course, but Miles Gaskin, he's available in some leagues. So if he is available in your leagues, he's one of my top pickups this week. I believe it's the same for Gabby. So if he's available, pick him up. But if you own him still, great play now. Um, he should be get, getting a ton more work than he previously did, um, especially around the goal line. So that's great news for him. Um, vastly increased upside for Miles uh, Gaskin. Gabby, do you see it any differently? No, I think you covered that pretty well with Miles Gaskins. Obviously, with Malcolm Brown now out, he's going to have the opportunity just to take all the running back uh, rushing carries, maybe Salvan Ahmed come out to spell him just a little bit there. So, but yeah, he's going to be able to control that backfield. Um, the backfield might not have a lot of upside when it comes to running the ball, but when it comes to pass catching, we've seen, in, like we did a couple of weeks ago, that he has the opportunity to win you a week. Yeah. Um, next guy, Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's in the concussion protocol, but it sounds like he will play. That's, of course, important for all the Kansas City weapons that we have on our fantasy teams. Uh, so sounds like it's not to worry. Sounds like he should play. So good news there. But of course, keep an eye on the situation just in case. Um, Giants wide receivers, they're playing Kansas City this week. So uh, that's a juicy matchup, but it sounds like the players that are likely going to be out are going to be Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, and Kenny Galladay. So three of their top receivers. Um, sounds like the players that are somewhat banged up that look like they're likely to play are Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, and John Ross. So in my opinion, I'm staying away from this matchup. It's, it's so hard to pick who will be in and who will be out. I mean, all these players for the most part, I mean, Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony and Sterling Shepard should all be out for sure. But the other three, they could totally be in or out. And then I don't know if I want to bet on them to play. I think I'd probably be looking to pivot to other options. Uh, Gabby, are you, are you interested in uh, any of these giants pass catchers? Of course, in a deep league scenario. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously interested in, uh, Probably Evan Ingram, just given that Darren Waller is going to and Mark Andrews are on by this week. So you're probably going to, those are two prominent tight ends on rosters that people are going to be looking to plug in there. So, and versus Kansas City and a defense that's abysmal this year. And if Evan Ingram is going to be the only threat in there, you're going to have to throw him out there. I think it's just natural to do so. But outside of that, no, I'm not interested in either of these wide receivers. Yeah, that's not a bad call. Um, if Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, and John Ross all play, and I had to pick a Giants receiver, it'd probably be Darius Slayton, but um, I'm not excited about any of that for sure, um, especially if all of them play. Um, keeping with the Giants theme, we got Saquon Barkley update. He was expected to return this week. A lot of people were thinking he would come back. 
fantasy platforms for some reason have been projecting him like he's playing just to mess with people for this week and last week. Um, I, I saw Booker dropped in a lot of leagues. Um, so, you know, if, if you're a Saquon Barkley owner or if you need a spot start this week, you know, you might check that. Uh, but it does sound like uh, Saquon Barkley is not going to play this week, likely to play week nine the following week. So keep an eye on that, but it, keep a hold of Booker, even if you own Saquon and you think he's going to be back. Even if he plays this week, keep your handcuff. Um, I don't think there's much more to be said on that situation unless you wanted to add anything, Gabby. No, I don't think that there's much needed to be said there. Um, moving on, Miles Sanders, a little bit more of a juicy situation here. He's week to week with an ankle sprain. It's unclear if he'll play this week. It sounds like he likely will not, but it's not for sure. The Eagles have not ruled him out yet. Of course, we're recording earlier than normal this week, so keep him on, keep an eye on that. Follow us on Twitter at SG Fantasy Show for updates on that kind of thing. But uh, Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Kenny Gainwell, looks like he'll be the, the, the starter in his stead. Has honestly been probably a better fantasy option for you, even with Miles Sanders. I'm super interested in Kenny Gainwell this week. He's one of my top waiver wire pickups for sure. Um, I think that he's, he's been used better than Miles Sanders, so I think he's super interesting to see what he does with all the work. Um, Gabby, how do you see this Eagles running back? Um, situation, Kenny Gainwell, is he the number one? Is it Boston Scott? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's Kenny Gainwell just because he has the path of catching, uh, pass catching upside. So I think he's going to be have the ability to keep his pass catching upside and take some of those rushing carries that Miles Sanders had before. So definitely think he's the number one waiver at, um, at of the week here. Uh, I do think it was a week, not a really strong waiver wire. Um, Weak in terms of people to add, but nonetheless, Kenny Gainwell, I do think, has long-term upside. Yeah, no, I think he um, – we'll get into it more later, but I think it's probably him. If you need a guy this week, him, Khalil Herbert, or Rashad Bateman. Uh, we'll talk more about our, the waiver wire order in a minute, but, um, yeah, I think it's one of those guys, my top guys for sure. Um, next guy – on our news and notes segment, we've talked about him already some, but just to reiterate, Jerry Judy is likely to play week eight. I would probably not be playing him, or I, I for sure would not be playing him, uh, but I'm not playing Tim Patrick either if, if uh, Jerry Judy does play. Cortland Sutton, I talked about, I would be playing him. Um, I didn't mention earlier, but Cortland Sutton is my wide receiver, best of the rest, start of the week, so I'm confident in him uh, regardless. But uh, if Jerry Judy does play, Tim Patrick is going to be a downgrade and definitely want to keep an eye on that situation and see how it unfolds. Um, last thing to mention in our news and notes segment, the Packers wide receivers, we, they've got some COVID problems. We've mentioned that they were going to, we were going to have some people in green Bay out this week, but uh, it's going to, going to be Devonte Adams and Alan Lazard. They both are on the COVID list and are, are unlikely to play on Thursday. So a short week. So really unlikely to get back. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling would be the guy who you would think would get the most benefit from those two missing. He's currently on IR, but he's likely to return. Um, if he does not return, other options would be Randall Cobb or Equinemius St. Brown uh, or Amari Rogers. Uh, if, if it's not Valdez-Scantling, I would think Randall Cobb would be the guy there to pick up as far as wide receivers. 
Um, but Robert Tanyan, I think, will benefit a ton. He's my tight end, um, best of the rest, start of the uh, start of the week this week. And uh, both running backs should also see slightly more work, especially Aaron Jones in the past game uh, this week. So good for everybody but the wide receivers in Green Bay and probably not great for the team as a whole. Um, but Gabby, is there anything that you wanted to add or disagree with about that uh, Green Bay situation? No, not really. I do think it's going to be pretty lackluster there, but I think Tanyan's going to be the guy that you have to start here. But outside of that, um, as pass catchers go, everything else is pretty spotty. Yeah, agreed. Um, definitely not looking to start any of those guys other than if Valdez Scaling is a fine, uh, fine fill in play, low end flex play, but the other guys would not be looking to play other than Tanyan's a great uh, tight end streamer this week, in my opinion. Um, but moving on to our judging the waiver wire segment. Previously, we've already mentioned Kenneth Gainwell, Khalil Herbert. Uh, he's uh, only been rostered in 61% of ESPN leagues. He's just already been mentioned uh, previously in previous waiver wire segments, but uh, I just wanted to mention his name again, just because 61% of leagues seems low to me. Um, and then we've already mentioned some of those green Bay uh, receiving options. So top of the waiver wire, my number one option is probably going to be Khalil Herbert. If he's available and you just need to start this week. Um, I think he's just going to be the running back one, but Kenny Gainwell has a little bit more of sustained value. And then the third guy, in my opinion, um, and a guy that I'm looking at as my number one for sustained value would be Rashad Bateman of the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think he has the opportunity to be in the number two and in a passing offense that is a lot better than it's been in the past. Um, and he could even potentially be the number one. I think he's a great ad. He was drafted in the first round this year. So, you know, the Ravens believe in his talent. Uh, Gabby, how do you see Rashad Bateman um, and how does he stack up compared to the other guy, the other waiver wire ads this week? Sean Bateman's definitely, um, I, I like a guy a little bit more than him that I talked about a little bit before that we'll get into later, but he's, Sean Bateman's my number two. He's one of the most talented wide receivers coming out of college, coming out of Minnesota. And he was definitely used last week uh, in the Ravens loss versus the Bengals. He was targeted 12 times had seven catches for 109. That's a big performance there for the rookie. No, that's not true. That was for his whole season. What am I looking at? My bad. He had <laughs> three receptions for 80 yards. But no, that is still such a good performance. So nonetheless, I think he's a speculative ad there. Um, definitely has the opportunity to become be the number one wide receiver in Baltimore, in my opinion, in terms of possession. Marquise Brown is still going to have his uh, big time plays and big time opportunities over the top, but Rashawn Bateman has the opportunity to be the uh, inside the numbers guy between uh, third down guy, guy that you trust with him and Mark Andrews. So I think he's definitely an opportunity to grab him in, in such a high powered offense as Baltimore. Awesome. Um, next guy we want to talk about Brandon Bolden. He's running back for new England. Uh, I'm not personally a huge fan. I'm not really rushing to pick him up, but if you're really running back, back desperate or you're in a really deep league, Brandon Bolden could be a good pickup. He had 19.9 fantasy points in PPR last week versus the Jets. I mean, it's the Jets, and he got seven targets last week. He only got two carries, so he's a, just a passing downs back. 
Um, but in PPR leagues, he does have a, a baseline of probably around eight points, six points, um, as long as he gets used in the, the passing game um, and has obviously the opportunity to get you more. So not the worst pickup ever, uh, worthy of being mentioned, obviously, um, but not much really else to add there unless, Gabby, you wanted to mention anything. No. Awesome. Yeah, those that, the Patriots running backs have notoriously been – Difficult to predict who's going to get the fantasy points on a given week. So uh, that that's only really continued. But uh, next guy and final guy in our judging the waiver wire segment, I'm going to let Gabby take it away because I know he's much higher than on him than I am. But Michael Gallup, Gabby, take it away. Michael Gallup, yeah, I definitely think uh, this guy, he's been out for the last um, – couple weeks here with an ankle injury or calf injury actually uh, since week one he exited yeah. there before then he had he had before exiting that game he had seven targets uh, for, for four catchers and 38 yards and that was week one versus Tampa Bay and right before it looked like he was about to have so much value right before his calf strain so I think he definitely has the opportunity here to take some of that value back and be such a a great player in fantasy. We forget back in 2019 when Dak was healthy, um, Michael Gallup was wide receiver uh, 22. And yeah, that was before CD Lamb, but he, we know he has the talent to be a top end wide receiver and he's just sitting on your waiver wire and in such a explosive offense as the Cowboys. I think Dak has a opportunity to keep three wide receivers fantasy relevant. And I think Dalton Shores, as I said earlier, is going to be the one that loses that value. So I think Michael Gallup is definitely a great add here on the waiver wire. I think he's the number one wide receiver to add this week. I think it's going to be interesting there. Um, I definitely don't think he's a bad add. I think he's he's right in there. I mean, you make a good case for him to be higher in my personal rankings of the wide receiver ads this week. But uh, Michael Gallup, he just I just fear his inconsistency. I have a hard time believing that Dallas is going to keep up three wide receivers, even though they are one of the best offenses in the league. Um, they could do it, uh, but I'm just not necessarily betting on uh, a third wide receiver as my, I would rather have the opportunity of the potential number one or number two in Rashad Bateman. And uh, I think that just those running backs that I already mentioned are obviously in a premium position running back um, have opportunity have really big opportunity and, especially these this next week um, are likely to be better plays, I think. Um, so especially if you need somebody this next week, I don't think Michael Gallup is very high on my list, but as a, as far as like season long value, Michael Gallup is probably my number two uh, pickup this week. Maybe even number, maybe number three, Kenny, Kenny Gainwell is pretty tight there, but um, Michael Gallup, again, great season long pickup, but I'm not really interested this week. I don't know how, it's hard for me to think he's going to have a great week this week. Um, but I, I see where you're coming from. I would just say I'm not quite as um, excited about Michael Gallup. I, I fear inconsistency. Um, but any, any, any last things to add there before we move on to our matchups, Gabby? No, nothing in terms of matchups. Uh, no, sorry, in terms of Michael Gallup there. Sorry. No worries. Uh, starting with the first one here, I mean, we've already talked this one to death. Uh, for the most part, but Green Bay Packers versus the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday. Uh, make sure you put your players in this game in their, um, in their position spots, move them out of your flex. Um, keep that 
positional flexibility going into the into Sunday. Um, but we talked this one to death for the most part. Um, I just want to say, Chase Edmonds, uh, we've met, talked about him earlier. James Conner is always going to have that goal line upside. So play James Conner um, if you need an upside play. Uh, but know that he could be getting you about four points, six points. Um, but, you know, if you're hoping for a touchdown, um, and that's something to keep in mind if you're looking to trade for Chase Edmonds um, as well. You're playing both quarterbacks in this game. We've talked about the pass catchers and the running backs in Green Bay. So I guess the only question that really remains, Gabby, is other than DeAndre Hopkins, who is obviously a weekly play, what wide receivers, if any, are you interested in in Arizona? I'm not interested in any wide receivers, really. I'm playing Zach Ertz probably in this matchup just because he was able to score in week one and he looked explosive and it looks like they're going to – get him involved in this offense. But outside of that, um, I'm not really starting to any of the wide receivers um, just because they're so super inconsistent. Maybe A.J. Green in a deeper league. But outside of that, no, I'm not really excited or looking to start any of these guys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, A.J. Green is definitely an, uh, not the worst deeper league start. And then Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore both have upside if you're looking for – um, huge upside plays, but you know, they both might uh, goose you pretty much. So both you got to watch out for that for both of them, but moving on to our next matchup, the f- first one in the 10 o'clock window here, we got the Panthers and the Falcons uh, Panthers tough week. Last week, we mentioned Sam Darnold got benched. I expect a bounce back week this week. Atlanta's defense is bad. Um, they've been playing a little bit better lately, but they're still bad. I expect a bounce back week across the board for the Panthers. Um, so I'm playing Chuba Hubbard. I'm playing DJ Moore, not playing Robbie Anderson, still still out on him. Definitely can drop Robbie Anderson at this point for me. Um, Sam Darnold, not necessarily playing him unless you're in a very deep league. He's not the worst quarterback play in maybe like a two-quarterback league. Um, on the Falcons side, you could play Matt Ryan in a similar situation to Sam Darnold, a little bit higher on my rankings maybe. Um but yeah, you can fire up the usual suspects on the Falcons side as far as Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, who's been awesome these last couple of weeks. Uh, I would just want to get your take, Gabby, on the running back situation. Mike Davis has been disappointing. Cordell Patterson looks like he's maybe taken over the number one role there. Um, and then also, is Kyle Pitts, is he going to sustain this role? Is he going to sustain, or obviously he's going to sustain his role, but is he going to sustain his production. He's been pretty good these last couple of weeks. Yeah, he has been pretty good this last couple of weeks. I'm going to take your uh, ladder question there. He's been a beast, and I think he's going to be able to keep up this production just because the, we knew the talent was there. He's the high, most highly touted rookie tight end, I think, in modern history, in my recollection. Um, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Drafted number four overall, so we know the the talent was there, the production is there, and the, the skill set and Matt Ryan loves throwing the ball. So it looks like Kyle Pitts is here to stay. And I don't know if there's a Titan you'd rather have outside of Travis Kelsey right now other than Kyle Pitts. The talent, ooh, this guy looks so nice on the field right now. He's just so explosive. I think if you have him in any league, you're super happy that you drafted him where you did. I think he finally is living up to that ADP. But, you think you'd rather have him than any other tight end? 
in the yeah, upside, other than Kelsey? Yeah, the upside there is really just crazy right now. Man, I I honestly I I think I think you're I think that's crazy. I do not think I would rather have Kyle Pitts than Darren Waller. I would for sure have rather have Darren Waller. I'd probably probably stops after that though. Mark Andrews is close. But yeah, I'd probably rather have I'd probably rather have Mark Andrews too. I am not at least for redraft, of course. I I'm not as high on Kyle Pitts. I think I know I've been kind of a hater as the year went on or the year as the year's gone on, but I believe in the talent. I just didn't necessarily believe it would manifest this year. I think he, Kyle Pitts, if you can package him maybe for Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller, maybe trade him for Darren Waller straight up, I would probably do that. I don't necessarily think that Kyle Pitts is going to continue his uh, production, but, you know, he might have taken over that number one role there. Um, and if he has, he will. I think uh, this week will be very telling to see if he keeps it up for a third week in a row. But uh, I'm still, still personally, I'm still ranking him uh, probably four on my tight end rankings going forward uh, this year. But this, I would say this week is probably the week that's going to, going to prove it to me if he if he's able to put up a top tight end week this week uh gabby any if you didn't have anything else to add on uh that tight end situation kyle pitts situation uh what do you think about the running backs in atlanta oh the running backs in atlanta i do think cordell patterson is the guy to have and i think mike davis is it doesn't look like his touches are there or, or any are of any value because it looks like Cordell Patterson is getting all the goal line touches and all of the touchdowns. So he's borderline droppable, I think, in 10-man leagues. But I understand if you have to if you want to hold on to him, but the scare of Mike Davis when we people were drafting him in the fifth or sixth round is there where somebody might just come out of nowhere and take his role because he's just not that talented of a running backs. And we're kind of seeing that there with Cordell Patterson. Yeah, I, I, I personally am a little surprised. I, I thought he was a little more talented than he's, uh, than he's shown, but he hasn't shown it at all this year. And he had a, a season low four carries last week. Um, that's, that's really concerning. But, of course, it was a season low, and it was significantly lower than uh, most weeks. He normally has at least twice that. So this week is going to be, I think, really telling for him as well. If I'm a Mike Davis owner, I'm probably holding him another week uh, just to see what happens. But you're nervous, and uh, if you need to pick up somebody else, I'd, I'd play. I'd rather play a lot other of other people than him uh, this week. So if you need to pick up somebody else uh, for this week, I I would drop him. But I'm trying to hold him for at least another week to see what happens. I mean, he's for most part for the most part a solid RB two fill in. If you need one for a bye week, I mean, he's nothing special, but he'll get you 10 points most weeks. I mean, last week, though, was brutal. So I just want to see what happens, but it's very concerning. It does seem that Cordero Patterson is the uh, number one there. Um, anything else to add before we move on to our next matchup, Gabby? No, nothing uh, Nothing else. I'm excited for the next matchup, though. Oh, oh, as usual, I'll let you take it away. I mean, it's your Colts playing the Titans. Gabby, what do we need to know here? Um, obviously what we need to know here is that 
A, Jonathan Taylor has finally arrived. Um, RB3 yeah. on the year. Um, he's shown the explosion and the ability to be that home run hitter that we thought he was coming out. He has true track speed, and he showcases it on a weekly basis. And Michael Pittman is also the wide receiver one uh, until further notice. We know T.Y. Hilton is there, but Michael Pittman just continues to assert himself as a deep threat and as the guy that is finally getting the touchdowns. We saw it again last week with the the mossing and then the diving in the end zone in the rain, much nonetheless, over 20 fantasy points and over 100 yards. So I think – and Carson Wentz is playing perfect football right now. Not perfect, but pretty darn close. He's playing great right now, 11 touchdowns and one pick on the year. Um, he so. might be a little high on uh, Carson Wentz, but, yeah, he's playing good football. He's playing pretty good. I mean, what can you he say? Is, he's playing pretty good. Eleven touchdowns, one pick. Um, I don't know if that if his name was anybody else, everybody would think he was playing outstanding. So, um, nonetheless, uh, playing versus Tennessee, they're ranked thirty second versus wide receivers. So I think Michael Pittman's a great start this week. Um, you're obviously starting Jonathan Taylor. And in Tennessee, on the Tennessee side, you're starting A.J. Brown. Julio Jones has been iffy this week, so um, this year, actually. So I wouldn't be – if you have better options, I wouldn't be surprised if you had to bench him or if you needed to bench him, you should. But – and then King Henry, I mean, he had kind of a downer week of 15 points. I mean, that's a downer for him, but what are you going to do? You're going to start him, and he's going to probably produce this week. Um, I think the interesting person I want to ask you about, Sam, is Ryan Tannehill. Do you think he's a, in the streamer range this week? I know the Colts are an interesting matchup. They're ranked 19th versus the quarterbacks this year. But are you interested in playing him at all? I know he had a pretty solid performance versus Kansas City last week with 19.4 fantasy points. And A.J. Brown is looking like he's coming back onto his own. So um, maybe uh, Ryan Tannehill might be an interesting play this week. But what do you think? Yeah, I Ryan Tannehill is outside the top 10 this week for me. So um, in a lot of leagues, I guess I would say no. But uh, I have no problem with somebody in a in a 12-man league playing Ryan Tannehill. Um, he's still – he would probably be right outside, uh, probably around 12 to 14 for me um, this week. So I would be looking at other options. But, you know, maybe, maybe your league rosters two quarterbacks. Or even if you're in a two-quarterback league, I mean, I know our main league, we think it's pretty competitive, but one of the things that drives us both crazy is how many people roster two quarterbacks. I mean, and it's by season, so, you know, you never know how many quarterbacks people might be rostering uh, or how many people might be rostering, too. So, Brian Tannehill is not the worst play. I think Indy's defense is a little better um, than where they're ranked thus far, but he's not the worst play, but I'm not, I'm not looking rushing out there to play him by any means. That's for sure. But I think he's bounced back. And I think for the most part, most weeks, he's a solid play. Um, so I think Ryan Tannehill is a guy to kind of keep your eye on probably more for future weeks. But um, I think now that his receivers are back more healthy, uh, AJ Brown in particular, I think that he's producing a lot, a lot more um, and is going to continue to be better for fantasy but probably will continue to be on that, that outside, um, those outside few guys that you could, you could maybe start, maybe find uh, someone better, probably around the 10 to 12 range most weeks. And, and that's where I kind of see him this week. So not a guy I'm excited to play, but in a desperation situation, yeah, he's fine. 
uh, and then AJ Brown, I think is is the guy that other than Derrick Henry that I'm really excited to play in in Tennessee. I mean, I think I think that's probably pretty obvious, but uh, I just want to mention him again because he's started off pretty rough this year. Um, had food poisoning, was hurt. He's. I think he's back. Um, I. I think. I think you agree, Gabby. But I just want to get your take. Uh, I definitely think AJ Brown is back. And if you have somebody who's still nervous about him, trade for him. Personally, in my opinion, I think you probably missed your window. But uh, AJ Brown is back, and I think you should be starting him with full confidence um, going forward. Yeah, AJ Brown is definitely back. So I, I think now. Yeah, last week was definitely the time you needed to go get him. But if you're still able to get him, yeah, like as you said, get him now because you know the talent is there and the matchups are coming. So now's the time. Awesome. Let's see here. Moving on to our next matchup, we got the probably going to be a, a not a barn burner, uh, whatever the opposite of that is, some, a boring matchup, the Bills versus the Dolphins. Um, yeah, you can start all the Bills pass catchers. Should be no problem for the Bills in the air. I think Zach Moss is a good running back to play. Devin Singletary makes me nervous, but he's not the worst option in desperation situations. But uh, Zach Moss would be the RB. I'm interested to play there. Miles um, Gaskin, tough matchup for his first game without uh, Malcolm Brown. Um, unlikely to be super productive, but is fine in deep leagues. Um, and yeah, I'm probably avoiding all the Dolphins pass catchers, to be honest. Uh, Gabby, I would imagine you see this maybe a little bit differently. Uh, how do you see this matchup, and in particular, the Dolphins pass catchers? Um, I'm not fading the Dolphins pass catchers as much as you are. There's definitely a slight downgrade just because Buffalo has the opportunity to trounce them, as we did see a little bit there in week two. But I do think all in all, uh, Miami passes the ball a lot, so Intua has been playing pretty well um, in terms of uh, fantasy-wise. So I think there's an opportunity there for the pass catchers to be just fine. Um, if Devontae Parker is b- back as well, I do think that will cut into everybody else's target share. So I think then there might be an issue to where you might want to sit everybody. But if Devontae Parker isn't playing once again, I think you can start Jalen Waddle and you start Mike Jacecki obviously, because he's a tight end three on this season. I don't think uh, Gusecki's the worst start, but he was better with uh, he was better with uh, Jacoby Brissett, and I believe he got a touchdown last week, um, and I don't expect him to be consistent getting touchdowns, um, so I'm definitely not as high on Gusecki, but and I, I, I think really highly of the Bills' defense, but Stephon Diggs is a guy or what, what were you going to say? Mike Gusecki is, um, if you didn't hear me, Mike Gusecki actually has been performing pretty well with two over the last two weeks. Um, he's tight end three on the season, um, and that's including a, a week where he got zero points in week one. Um, in week six versus the Jags, he had eight receptions for 115 yards. And then last week, he had eight, uh, seven receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown. So he's been pretty consistent with two us. Um, and the thing with him that which makes him so special, especially in these formats, is that he's a tight end in fantasy formats, but he lines up at wide receiver over 90% of the time. So he's really just a wide receiver that you get to put in at the tight end spot. So I think 
especially with Devontae Parker out for as long as long as Devontae Parker and Will Fuller are out, I think Mike Gusecki is a lineup lock um, until further notice. Yeah, I, we're, I'm going to hold you to that because I definitely disagree. Uh, I, two weeks is not consistent consistency uh, for me. Two weeks can still be a fluke or an outlier in my mind. So I right. think, Did you hear me when I said he was a tight end three? Yeah, but you said that that includes the part where, where he played with Jacoby Brissett, where I agree he was awesome with Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett looked for him a ton, and I don't believe uh, Tua is going to continue to do that. Um, but, Sam, but what I'm saying is is that those last two weeks were with Tua. So if he was awesome with Jacoby Brissett and now he's awesome with Tua, if there might be a case that Mike Jusecki might just be awesome – Oh, there's a case to be made, no doubt. I totally hear your case to be made. Um, but like I said, these last two weeks with Tua is not enough for me to believe that he's consistent. Um, and I definitely don't think he's consistent enough for me to be playing him against the Bills. I just think you could find better options. He's not the worst, and you make a good case. But I'm not convinced. He was rough at the beginning of the season. He has had two good weeks with Tua, and I, I believe in Mike Gusecki's talent. I think Mike Gusecki's an awesome tight end. I don't believe in Tua's talent. That's where I'm coming from with this. So but it's all Tua hate. I don't think Tua's going to look for him consistently, and I think that the Bills are going to be a matchup where it's going to be harder uh, to look for him than potentially uh, other matchups. I think the Bills have a really good defense, and I expect a down week from Gusecki, and I expect – Gusecki to continue to have inconsistent weeks, which is not the worst for a tight end. Um, but I'm not, I'm definitely not as high as you are on Gusecki. I would be fading him for sure this week, probably looking for another option. Would you say he's outside the top 10 this week for you? Um, I would say, yeah, he's outside the top 10. It's close. Uh, but yeah, he's outside the top 10 for me. Okay. I, would you want to do a bet on the podcast right now? I think he's going to be a top 10 uh, tight end this week uh, pretty easily. I would even say top. I, I could see him being nine or like nine or 10. And that wouldn't be that surprising to me. Um, so, I, I mean, I would probably start 10 guys over him, but I don't think he's necessarily like, guaranteed to be outside the top 10 but I mean I I just don't feel strongly about it I guess I would make that bet with you but I I don't think that would be really in the spirit of how I feel about it I think he is just right in that mix of guys that are I think it probably ends at Dalton Schultz right about there Dalton Schultz Zach Ertz those kind of guys um, where it gets into like the Tyler Higby Gronk Robbed Robert Tanya in this week. Um, those kind of guys, Hunter Henry, um, who are all kind of like in that that mix for um, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, those kind of guys. I think he's right in there, and I would probably rank him outside that. Um, but I, I, get, I do see him in that that tier of bottom tight end one. So, if that clarifies my position at all. Okay, yeah, it does a little bit. And uh, I think it's just more 
Uh, my hate for him is definitely uh, not hate for him, but as far as fantasy production is just, I don't think he's going to be against the bills. I don't think this is going to be the week. And I don't, I am not convinced it's just convinced it's sustained, uh, but we'll see. Um, moving on. Anything else that there's that you wanted to mention, add in that matchup, um, talk about it all. No, no. Um, Jalen Waddle, would you be starting him this week? Um, as a flex, I would have consideration just because of the P- in PPR formats, just because of the high target volume and the high catch volume. But no, I'm not looking to start him as I was last week. Yeah, I, I see him pretty similarly. I mean, they are going to be losing to the Bills, so they are going to have to try to throw the ball to somebody. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he did end up with an all right week, but agree not necessarily looking to start him. Uh, next matchup. Oh, actually, before we move on, I did want to say Stefan Diggs, if he has a bad mat, uh, bad week this week, I think he's a buy, uh, buy low candidate. We didn't mention him uh, because his last game, which of course they had a buy last week, but the previous game, uh, he had a, a monster week. He had like 23 points. Um, so tough to buy low on a guy who just started producing where you wanted him to produce. But if he reverts back to kind of how he's been previously this season, I think he's a buy low candidate. Um, it's only a matter of time before Stefan Diggs really starts producing for you. Josh Allen is playing awesome. The Bills are playing awesome. Uh, Stefan Diggs is going to start getting his due. Um, I don't. Is there? Any, do you want to say anything on that, Gabby? Um, I think that's pretty, pretty much it for, for that. But yeah, I think you you covered that pretty well there. I think Stefan Diggs is going to start exploding here pretty soon. So I think that's a pretty good call by you. Um, and then moving on to the Bengals versus the Jets. Uh, the Bengals, they're for real. Uh, you're playing your Bengals as far as Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase for sure. Jamar Chase is so good. Uh, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, I'm not, not playing unless you're in a really deep league or if T. Higgins or Jamar Chase goes down. Uh, C.J. Uzama, he's had some pretty big weeks, but I'm, I'm not banking on that. He'll probably get some more touchdowns this year, but you're never going to know when those are going to be. Um, Joe Burrow has been awesome. I think this could potentially be a bit of a trap game for him. I think the Jets, you just don't generally have to throw that much on. And especially at the beginning of the year, the, the Bengals really wanted to be a, a, a ground and pound team. They were really running the ball a lot. So I think there's a chance that Joe Burrow maybe isn't great. He's probably borderline uh, just outside the top 10 QBs for me this week. But he's thrown multiple touchdowns in every game he's played still. So Joe Burrow is still balling out, but um, potential for a trap game. Um, and then on the Jets side, I'm not playing anybody. Michael Carter in really desperate scenarios. Um, Corey Davis, not going to be a starter with um, Zach Wilson out, in my opinion. Um, Gabby, do you see anything differently in this matchup? No, not really. I think, yeah, Corey Davis is still going to be a flex option for me just because of the talent. And if Joe Flacco is there, we know he's going to chuck the ball around. I think Jameson Crowder is interesting, deeper league flex, just because we know um, over uh, the six games they played last year, uh, Jameson Crowder averaged about 10 fantasy points. So, you know, the consistency is there. But um, outside of that, I'm not really looking to add anybody. The Jets offense is 
if not the worst offense in football. So not really, really excited for any of these people when it comes to fantasy. Do you think uh, Joe Burrow is a QB one this week? Uh, versus the Jets? Um, I don't think so because I don't know if he needs to be. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I was just curious what you thought on that situation. Um, moving on to our next matchup, we got the Steelers and the Browns. Tough for the Browns. Unclear if Baker Mayfield will be back for this game. Uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. That'll definitely affect the pass catchers there. Um, yeah, you're playing Najee Harris on the Steelers side. You're playing Chase Claypool if you if I mean he's a lower end wide receiver too in my mind with high end upside, uh, maybe even a flex wide receiver. But playing him and Deontay Johnson is a great play, of course. Uh, Steelers coming off their bye. The Browns have a, a leaky pass defense. Um, but, yeah, Nick Chubb we've already mentioned. Um, and then I think the only question of the, other than that is, are you still holding on to Odell? Um, Gabby, I think you said if he had a bad week this week, you'd be dropping him. Um, I think he still got six targets last week, so I'm still standing by my hold Odell. Uh, pick him up if people drop him a statement. But, uh, Gabby, are you, are you dropping Odell? Yeah, um, I'm dropping him now. If I thought I had told you guys to drop him last week. I apologize if I if I misspoke. Yeah, maybe I, I mixed up, but yeah. I had already dropped him. Um, I've moved on. Sam's very excited about the six targets and then wants to poo-poo on people like Hunter Renfro. Um, I, I, I think that's ridiculous, like getting excited. That is a way oversimplification of... What do you mean? I would much rather have Hunter Renfro than Odell Beckham Jr. right now, and it's not even relatively close right now. I would rather have Hunter Renfro just barely uh, over Odell, Odell. but it depends on my roster uh, build. Odell Beckham, I think, still has the potential to get back to his top top end receiving. receiving ways like top end wide receiver talent wait like i i think he has a chance to get back to that hunter renfro could never be that no matter how hard he worked no matter what situation he was in he could never be a number one wide receiver he can barely even have i don't even know if he can really have a one wide receiver one week what was that he's the number one wide receiver first of all Second of all, no, know, he's not. He's in what sense is he a number one wide receiver? He's the number one wide receiver on his own team. No, he's not. Hunter or Henry Ruggs is definitely the number one there. In terms of target share, Hunter, uh, Hunter Renfro. Oh Hunter. my goodness! You can't say in terms of, just in terms of target share. I mean, then in, the, in that case, then anybody who ever was a a target hog like Cole Beasley would be the number one on a lot of teams he played for, which we we both know is not true. I mean, I mean, he also leads the has more receptions than Rugs as well. Well, you get more targets, you probably should get more receptions. But the high the value of targets and the the difficulty of the targets that that Rugs and other receivers that aren't like Cole Beasley or Henry or uh, Hunter Renfro, they're they're the other receivers. They they're. Their targets are way more valuable. They're usually way farther downfield. Okay, even from a fantasy perspective, Henry Ruggs is wide receiver 31, while Henry Runfro is 28. So even from a fantasy perspective, 
Hunter Renfro is the wide receiver one. Point being, my point being wasn't that Hunter Renfro was just this dominant wide receiver. My point was that Odell is a crappy wide receiver. Um, he definitely needs to be dropped in all formats. I'm not going to let you tell our 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 some of our loyal listeners about Odell Beckham Jr. and sit here and profuse some of these biases that you keep having out here for this guy. He hasn't been performing for weeks now. Um, being excited about six targets is kind of laughable, Sam, if you really think about it for a second. If we're going to sit there and look at a gleaming light of hope as Odell Beckham has more is going to have six targets in a football game. You're completely mischaracterizing my opinion of Odell Beckham. I'm not mischaracterizing. Yeah, I just, I just don't think he should be dropped for people like Hunter Renfro. I think if you have – if you're starting Odell Beckham or Hunter Renfro, your team sucks. No matter if you're, start, if you're starting either of those guys, your team is bad. You're, you're, you're making a bad decision unless you're in a really deep league. Because Hunter Renfro, he's not – He's not good for fantasy. If you're starting the wide receiver 28 because of a couple pretty because of a t- couple of touchdowns, then your team is not good. So I'm Ross. If I'm thinking about both those players, I'm thinking of back end roster, uh, back end back end of my roster guys who maybe I want some upside. Maybe I'm going to hold a guy for some upside. Yeah, during the the by by Foon. Yeah, I, I needed. I would probably have dropped both. Hunter Renfro is a great by food play. I'll give you that. But uh, in most weeks, the end of my bench is guys that I'm maybe taking a flyer on that might turn into something. I'm not necessarily holding guys just necessarily for their their this coming week their output. I, I don't think that Odell Beckham is necessarily going to be the best play this coming week. But I think Odell Beckham is the only one of Hunter Renfro and Odell Beckham, and a lot of receivers that are out on the waiver wire, I think Odell Beckham has a higher chance than them as well to break into break out into something consistent or valuable as far as maybe he has the ability to go and be a, a weak-winning type of player. Maybe he's inconsistent, but is a, has the ability to get big plays. I mean, he gets a ton of targets. It's just as a matter of if he's ever to, able to turn them into something. And I think it's an interesting speculative ad because we've seen him – do it in the past and not that long ago either. I think people feel like it's been longer than it actually has been. And I'm not overly excited about Odo Beckham, but I think he's worth an ad. And I think he's worth an ad over Hunter Renfro because at least with Odo Beckham, you're going to, you have the chance of him turning into something or not. Hunter Renfro is always going to be what he is, no matter what. And what he is, is not good enough to start in my lineup. That's how. I, that's why I would rather have Odell Beckham. Just for just for the record, Sam, it's been about two and a half years since he's been anything, and that was in New York. So, that's until- not true at all. He was definitely producing a year ago in Cleveland. He wasn't anything incredible, but he was producing wide he receiver two wide levels. Receiver. He was the wide receiver third twenty five. Back in 2019, that's not good enough for Odell Beckham Jr. Sam, I'm sorry. That's well, just not- wide receiver 25. That is his first year. Hunter Renfro is better than Hunter Renfro, and in that no, situation, really? that are was you, Baker Mayfield's you, first year. Is are you gonna? Sit, oh was, my God, Sam, are you really gonna sit there and parse hairs like that over Hunter Renfro? 
point being, if we're going to sit here and act like the peak of Odell Beckham in a Cleveland Browns uniform is basically a touchdown better than Hunter Renfro's production. So that is, that's not true at all either. I'm not saying that's his peak. That's his peak so far, but that's not his peak potential. You're making the argument that he could only ever be at best as good as he was that year in 2019. And I'm saying that's not true. You also said that was over two years ago. That was a year ago. I'm just pointing out the inaccuracies here, clearing it up a little bit and putting my opinion out there. And you asked about Hunter Renfro versus Odell Beckham. I'm not trying to parse hairs here, but I do think that I, I do think that I do think I do think you maybe give Hunter Renfro a little much love and not enough love to Odell Beckham. No, I just, I, I just don't think Otto Beckham is a, a good ad. I, I do think we do need to move on, but I just want to end on this note. Um, d- please don't add Odo Beckham at any point from any listeners that listen, f- because maybe because of the Gabby side of the Sam and Gabby fantasy show. Um, he'll hurt you. He's hurt you. He's hurt me before. He's given me love before, but he's also hurt me before, and I don't want him to hurt you guys as well. Yes, he might be speculative. He might be the opportunity, but he might be have the opportunity to be, succeed. But I just don't think there's a world to think that Odell Beckham is going to be a better wide receiver in Cleveland than we have we've already seen. Um, I think the best opportunity for him to be the best wide receiver is for him to be traded. That's the op- that's why I'm holding him in my dynasty league. I was going to cut him this week, but I want to keep him because he might get traded and I think that's going to be speculative and I, I think that's going to be the opportunity he, he gets to be a number one wide receiver again but I don't think there's an, any chance in Cleveland that he returns any sort of value close to like even a wide receiver two this year and uh you're right we do need to move on and I just would say in, on my part in closing that it's totally true that Odell Beckham could continue to be complete ass the rest of the season. That would not really be that surprising to me. I I'm totally would be adding him for what he could be for what his potential as far as his targets and how he, they want to use him in my opinion and what we have seen from him in the past, which has been a while, a long time, like Gabby said, and, he could definitely continue to give you nothing. I realize that, and I realize that that's what you're getting yourself into potentially by adding Odell Beckham. I just think that that's probably the case for a lot of wide receivers on the waiver wire, um, and I would rather have that in some situations and in many situations and potentially most situations compared to a guy who consistently um, is not necessarily good enough to get into your lineup. So that's the only argument I was making, and I do want – Listeners to know who maybe may be on my side that you should get into it knowing that Gabby, what get the way that Gabby sees it playing out is very likely the outcome. But I'm getting into it with the hopes, with reason, that it could go differently. So um, that's all I would say there. But um, any last pieces on anybody else besides Odell Beckham in the Steelers Browns matchup, Gabby? Uh, no, not really. I think Chase Claypool is an interesting play this week. Um, 
he's going to get on track now that Juju's out. I think this is a week coming off a bye that he gets on track. So I expect a kind of a big a big week from Chase Claypool. I would definitely start him. Yeah, I, I love Chase Claypool as a talent. So, um, yeah, definitely would not hate putting him out there personally. Um, Jarvis Landry's an interesting, I guess, speculative ad. He's the wide receiver one in the Browns offense. Probably not going to do anything as long as Case Keenum's the starter, but um, you know, maybe if you hold him for when Baker comes back, uh, he could he could be something. But not a guy we're super high on. But he is back and playing uh, with the Browns. But moving on to the Eagles versus the Lions, um, Jalen Hurts is not a great NFL quarterback, but as we all know, he's a great fantasy quarterback. The Lions, they put, up a, they put up a fight against the Rams last week. That was awesome to see. Wish they would have pulled it out. That would have been really cool to see, but uh, they did not. DeAndre Swift is a monster. Jamal Williams, that was a, that was a, a speculation that did not pour, uh, turn out for Gabby there, unfortunately. Jamal Williams has been disappointing. He started out the season looking like he might be a little bit more usable for you, uh, but is really kind of trailed off in his usage, unfortunately. Um, definitely droppable unless you own uh, DeAndre Swift. He's the obvious handcuff there, cuff there, in my opinion. But we already spoke about Kenny Gainwell in the running back situation in Philadelphia. Um, Devonta Smith has not been producing for you, but the talent's still there and the target's there. I wouldn't be dropping him by any means, um, but you're getting kind of close. Um, Gabby, are you, how are you seeing this matchup? Um, I see like Devonta Smith. I, I'm not dropping Devonta Smith by any means. That, uh, if that's what you said, sorry, I was looking no, down. No, no, I was saying he's had some tough matchups, but I'm I'm definitely not dropping him yet. No, yeah, but no, no means the talent is still there, and he he has the connection with Jalen Hurts in that offense. Especially with Jack, Zach Ertz gone now, that's just another guy that's out of the target share window. So just give it a couple more weeks. I think we've seen the upside there. Definitely um, a great flex option still. But outside of that, you're starting DeAndre Swift, run a running back this year, three on the year. Um, just been consistent in a PPR format, catching balls outside the backfield. Um, outside of that, TJ Hawkinson, uh, kind of disappointing still. Um, turned it around a little bit last week, uh, just on the nine targets, only had 10 fantasy points, so not actually kind of a dud, but a little bit better than weeks three through five. Those were single-digit points, but he's not showing that upside potential that he did in weeks one and two, so maybe defenses are being able to keen in on him, and it might be hard to trade him away now just because his value has been depressed a little bit there, but looks like we're not going to be able to get those top uh, – top winning weeks that we did in week one and week two anytime soon, but maybe he's going to be able to turn around in Philly. I do think Detroit has a great opportunity to get their first win versus Philadelphia. They're plus three and a half underdogs here at home. Um, I think that's a great number for them. Um, we've seen Detroit steal possessions with fake punts and uh, onside kicks. So they're willing to take possessions away from the team. And Philadelphia is just not a good football team. Um, they don't, they do not deserve the right to get three and a half points on the road versus um, Detroit Lions. So I, I'm definitely smashing that, and I'm definitely smashing the money line, too, on Detroit. 
I think uh, on Hawkinson, I think I think he's still. I mean, it'd be hard to trade him away for a lot, and I I don't think you really would want to. I mean, unless you had a great uh, tight end option as well, and another option on your roster. But T.J. Hawkinson, he has a pretty solid floor. He's had some weeks that were be, that were pretty bad for you in, in five and three, but um, he's never had less than eight points other than that, and that's not terrible for a tight end. You hope for much more uh but generally he gets over 10 points um and if he gets a touchdown he has the potential to get you closer to 20 so uh, i'd say he's probably a a solid tight end with a high floor when it comes to tight ends but and and a ceiling that's a lot higher than most other tight ends uh, as well so still a totally viable play totally still one of the top five tight ends in my opinion um but yeah, he's been disappointing after those last two weeks. And uh, just to clarify on Devonta Smith, I don't think he's all that great of a play um, on a week-to-week basis as your flex, but um, he has the potential to really get you some 20-plus 20, 20 point weeks, get you some weak winners almost. Um, and I think this week against the Lions, he'll be used a lot and uh, he'll be effective. So a great play this week for sure. Um, Anything else to add in this matchup, Gabby, before we move on? No, I think we covered it pretty well there. All right. I'll let you just start with this one, Gabby. We got the next matchup is the Rams versus the Texans. Not a barn burner by any means. But, Gabby, what do you see in this one? Um, The Texans are a plus 14 underdog here at home. Ooh. They're expected to lose this game and lose this game pretty handily. Uh, outside of Brandon Cooks has been a little bit down recent memory, but he's still getting the targets here, so I'm definitely starting him. Tyrod Taylor might have an opportunity to come back this week, so that is something to consider there as well. Um, actually, yeah, so he's returning to practice on Wednesday, so he does have he has a chance to come back and start against the Rams, so. I think if he does that, I think that's definitely an upgrade for Brandon Cooks. But outside of that, you're not starting anybody. And on the Rams side, you're, you're starting Matt Stafford. We talked about starting Daryl Henderson. And what about – what can we not say about Cooper Cup? He's on pace for one of the greatest fantasy wide receiver seasons ever. And he's actually on pace for the greatest fantasy wide receiver season ever. So if you're able to grab him on your fantasy team um, – you sleep pretty well at night. Um, I would know. I pretty a pretty nice pillow, knowing that Cooper Cup keeps me warm in my wide receiver room. So, but outside of that, you're also starting Robert Woods and Tyler Higby just because this offense is so explosive, and you're starting the defensive kicker. This might be the only team I can think of. Maybe the Packers as well this week. Well, actually, I think it is the Rams. I think the Rams are the only team off the top of my head, that you you start every position available. Yeah, no, they're, yeah, and definitely in this matchup at least, yeah, they're one of the only teams, if not the only. Might be the Bucks. Bucks is probably the only, the other. Yeah, the Bucks might be the only other team too, yeah. Yeah, Cowboys. Too. Yeah, exactly. But there's only a couple teams out there, but yeah, that's just so impressive, I think, about when you can start every single part of a team and you don't see anything on the yeah, there's a, there's a there's a few teams like that, but uh, there's there's probably none better for fantasy right now than than the Rams, other than maybe the Cowboys, like we mentioned. But 
The Rams, they, I, Cooper Cub is unbelievably good. I think I know your answer to this, and I'm not saying I'm considering this, but are you? Would you? But would you try to trade Cooper Cup right now, or are you interested in trading away Cooper Cup for mm-hmm. like Tyree Kill or something? Yeah, I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If I was, we were trading away Cooper Cup, and I yeah, said yeah, away wide receiver wise for Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams. And now I'm not even willing to do that necessarily. I don't um, think I'd trade him for anybody. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. If you want Devontae Adams, it's going to be Devontae Adams and something. I don't know if it's going to require a lot, but it's going to require you to like, give me something else to get Cooper Cup. He's just been too consistent, man. And he's too big of a threat in the red zone. Like, we know Matt Stafford's looking for him when he's inside the red zone, and he's pretty darn good at getting open there. So – and it's not like teams don't know it's coming. Like, he already has nine touchdowns on the year and leads the league in receiving yards. And it's Cooper Cup has been good for a while. It's, I love that he's breaking out a little bit here. He has over 30 points more than the second wide receiver. But Cooper Cup has been good in the NFL for a handful of years now. So it's not – he's not surprising anybody when he's doing this. Maybe the level of production, but, like, the production isn't surprising anybody. Um, so that's just showing you how effective he's being and how lethal he's being because these people know who he is as a wide receiver. And he, they're definitely giving him the attention he deserves, but he's still able to destroy the coverage. Yeah, I would just say I'm surprised at how consistently and continuously he does it. I mean, none of these things that he does out there, you're really surprised that Cooper Cup did. did. I mean, we, we know he's got talent, but he never before has done it this consistently, this often. I mean, pretty much no other receiver um, in the NFL right now is doing it this consistently, this often. Um, And that's reflecting in fantasy and in his production. So uh, yeah, he's been freaking awesome. And uh, I'm I'm curious to see how he continues. And he's definitely the receiver that I'd most like to have. Um, But yeah, I'd consider something in a package, but I'd probably want two good players. um, And one of them being a stud like Devontae Adams, like you mentioned, but um, moving on to our next matchup here, we got the abysmal Chicago Bears offense, at least, um, playing the 49ers. Your Khalil Herbert looks like he's the, the number two there. Uh, we mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, I'd be playing him, and that's it as far as Bears players on offense. Um, 49ers, I think uh, Elijah Mitchell is – really secured that uh, running back, uh, the, the running back one role there. So he's a good play, um, especially against uh, not that great Chicago Bears team. Um, and then, yeah, you're playing Debo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo looks like he'll be the starter, so you're not really concerned about um, Debo at all. But I'm not necessarily looking to pick up Brandon Ayuk or hold him if you have him. Uh, definitely a guy you can drop um, and definitely not a guy I'm playing. Um, and then, yeah, as far as the rest of that matchup, I don't really think there's anything else to add. Uh, Gabby, is there anything you wanted to mention? No, not really. I think you did a great job uh, covering that one. Yeah, and desperation play, Darnell Mooney on the Bears, I guess. Um, he's worth mentioning, but he's the only other player that I would even consider playing and definitely would not play Allen Robinson. Um, moving mm-hmm. on to... To our next matchup here, um, 
I'll let Gabby take this one away as well, but this one's going to be the Patriots and the Chargers. Gabby, start us off here with what you see. Um, I see that the Patriots are going to be on the road here uh, versus the Chargers. The Chargers are coming off of a bye here, and they have a, about a five-and-a-half-point favorite, I see, um, at home. So pretty good there. Uh Justin Herbert, you're starting him, obviously, and Austin Eckler. I think everything here is pretty straightforward. You're starting the two wide receivers. And Jerry Cook, um, maybe this week he's a nice little streamer option uh, versus New England. New England's defense hasn't been as good as years past, so that might be something to consider there. And on the on the other side, uh, Mac Jones, uh, not really looking to start him this week. Um, you're not really looking to start any offensive weapons outside of Damian Harris and maybe Brandon Bolden alongside Hunter Henry. He's caught in touchdown. Hunter Henry's caught touchdowns in three straight games. So you're looking to start him just because of that consistency. You have to ride the wave. And But Brandon Bolden, I wanted to get back to him. Um, able to catch. Looks like he's taking the James White role seamlessly. But something to consider here is that the Chargers are – ranked 25th versus running backs, but versus pass catchers, running backs, they are ranked first. So um, they actually are pretty stingy versus pass catching running backs. So not as high on him as I would be otherwise, but they are going to be losing. So he is an interesting deeper flex play. But outside of that, um, I think this matchup is pretty straightforward. But what do you think, Sam? Yeah, I I think you pretty well covered it. Um, There's not much exciting going on in the Chargers. Uh, I just want to mention that Johnny Smith is questionable for this game. Uh, I think he'll probably play, but you know, you want to keep an eye on that. Hunter Henry becomes a great tight end option. If Johnny Smith is out. Um, but yeah, as far as the running back situation, I think you covered it pretty well. Um, you're playing Damian Harris. If you need to, he's, he's kind of a tough play this week. I think I'd be fading him uh, just because the Patriots will probably be down and Damian Harris is not that involved in the past game. Um, but it's tough to imagine uh, Bolden getting a ton of a ton of work or a ton of production against the Chargers. So that'll be an interesting one there. Probably not looking to play any Patriots um, unless unless, like I said, John is out. So, uh, yeah, moving on to our next matchup, a real barn burner. We got the Seattle Seahawks versus the Jaguars. Uh, Tyler Lockett has been bad without without Russ. So. I'm fading him, not starting him if I ha- can avoid it. Uh, DK Metcalf, you got to keep throwing in there. He's such a big body, such a big target. Uh, he's definitely the go-to in Seattle. Um, we we talked a little bit about the running back situation there. It'll probably be Alex Collins with Rashad Penny. Uh, don't love either running back, but Alex Collins is probably the play there in deeper leagues. I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, Gabby, but – uh, Jaguars pass catchers are in play. LaVisca Chenault and Marvin Jones are fine uh, deep league pass catchers in desperation uh, flex plays in other leagues. But um, Gabby, hey, what stands out to you about this matchup? Uh, with Jacksonville, what stands out with uh, stands out to me with that? Uh, sorry, what stands out to me with this matchup is that Trevor Lawrence. It's coming off of a bye versus uh, going to Seattle for 
this time was just going to be a loud environment. So well, I want to see how he performs in that case. I think he's going definitely going to throw an interception. I don't think that's going to be a question. Um, it's just going to be a question of how many. Um, hopefully he's going to be able to, to keep those tur uh, turnovers down a little bit. And if he's able to do that, I think he'll be able to come out there with a W versus um, Geno Smith. Um, hopefully this is going to be the last game with him as a starter with Russell Wilson. They're going to be going into their bye in week nine. And then hopefully on the back end of that, Russ will be out there healthy and we'll see this offense come out shining. But on the Seattle front, um, you can't sit DK Metcalf, but you definitely have to temper expectations. Um, outside of that big 84-yard touchdown, DK was pretty silent for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the game. And Tyler Lockett was just abysmal. Um, we told um it was smart to fade him last week, but now you just have to sit him till further notice. I know other platforms might tell you to sit, uh, start him, but he, I don't know how you could watch football and want to start Tyler Lockett with it. <laughs> um, yeah, he might have that big playability, but you have to you have to be able to start a guy in your fantasy matchup and watch him in football and feel good about it. And there's no way you can feel good about starting Tyler Lockett right now without um, Russell Wilson because Geno Smith is just not pushing the ball up the field, and I don't think that's changing anytime soon. He has played some two pretty good defenses, though. However, uh, just to play devil's advocate here for a second, um, in the Steelers and the Saints. So the Jaguars might be the opportunity here, but I'm just not willing to take that risk. Um, Tyler Lockett is a pretty hit and miss type of wide receiver anyway. So hopefully you have somebody on the back end, like maybe a Hunter Renfro, um, who can provide you that floor. Um, and then you can just place him in there instead. But um, outside of that, uh, I'm not really looking to start or play any Seahawks, but what do you think, Sam? Um, I think it's a tough call between Renfro and Tyler Lockett this week, personally. But um, Tyler Lockett, I think you you put it perfectly. Like you're trying to avoid playing him. You don't feel good about putting him in your lineup. I think you just if you if you won with Tyler Lockett in your lineup, you would think, oh, great play. That was that was awesome. Glad I played Tyler Lockett. I mean, what a, what a big play. You knew you knew he could do that any time. But if if you lose with Tyler Lockett in your lineup, you're going to feel like you deserved it. So um, I think you, you can find somebody that you're a little bit more confident in uh, that you won't feel bad about if you end up losing and you don't just have to bet on that big play. Um, but other than that, I think you covered it well. I, I really do want to say that the Jaguars receivers are solid waiver wire pickups. Um, if they're available in your league, especially Marvin Jones, I think is, is definitely the play this week. If you're looking to play one of them, um, and is a, is a fine low end flex play in my opinion. Uh, so moving on to our next matchup, we got a divisional matchup Buccaneers versus the saints. Probably going to be a tough game for the saints here. Uh, you're firing up all the bucks options. Looks like Gronk could play. Um, and, on the Saints side, of course, Alvin Kamara, he's an every week start. Everybody knows that. Uh, and, yeah, other than that, I guess you could play Marquez Callaway if you are in a deep league. I mean, the Bucks secondary is not good, and the Saints will have to throw the ball. The Bucks should be up, should be scoring points. So Marquez Callaway is a, is a deep league uh, desperation play for sure uh, with upside. Um, but, yeah, I think – I think there's not much crazy in this matchup, but Leonard Fournette is is a pretty much every week play now. He's the clear number one in Tampa Bay. 
Um, but Gabby, is there anything you wanted to add about this matchup? No, I think it's pretty straightforward in that regard. Um, I think you're starting all the Tampa Bay offensive weapons and um, Tom Brady's been killing it this year. So yeah, I believe he's the the quarterback one actually. Yeah, and then on the same side, you're starting Alvin Kamara, and that's about it. So, so for the notice, is so on Michael Thomas to get back on the field, which it looks like it might be. Looks like nine. Yeah, and um, as far as uh, Antonio Brown, uh, we don't really have any updates for you at this point this week. Um, so keep an eye on him. Um, it's unclear if he will be playing this week. We don't really have any updates for you at this time. Um, but anything else you wanted to add there, Gabby? No. All right. Washington playing Denver. Uh, Broncos versus the football team. Gabby, last of the afternoon window of games, the one o'clock window of games. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I mentioned he's my desperation start of the week at wide receiver playing him. Tim Patrick is not the worst play um, as a desperation, very, very low end flex um, or in deep leagues. Um, if and only if Jerry Judy is playing and Jerry Judy, I'm not playing him basically regardless of if he's playing. Got to give him a week uh, to get acclimated and get um, back into playing shape. So not playing him, but on the Washington side, Terry McLaurin is an absolute beast. Uh, doesn't matter who his quarterback is, but playing Playing him uh, and then playing Heineke, playing Gibson if Gibson is in. Uh, McKissick, again, if Gibson is limited, um, which he could be because he, Gibson is still nursing that that same shin injury he's been nursing all year, um, but should be fine. Uh, plays or Gibson should be a fine play, and McKissick is a fine uh, a fine play in deep leagues desperation running back. I mean, he should still get the passing work. Um, it really is going to depend on how healthy Gibson is looking this week um, for McKissick, uh, depending on how much work he gets. And if Washington is down, uh, which I would imagine this should be a fairly competitive game where they would at least have to pass uh, a fair amount. So Gabby, anything in this matchup you want to point out? Uh, yeah. With Washington, um, I think something to consider is with Curtis Samuel. We got to watch out to see when he gets back onto the field. Um, I, I don't think it's just something to keep in mind. I, they did pay him a lot of money. I know he hasn't really been producing, but it's just something to consider. I just I just still think the talent is there. We, we saw it in a Ron Rivera offense a couple of years ago, so we know Ron Rivera likes him a lot. So just somebody to keep on your watch list there. But – Outside of that, in terms of matchup, no. I think this is a pretty boring one. Um, people call it like the corner TV game because nobody wants to watch it. Um, and just two boring teams. Um, kind of Heineke is going to make mistakes. And, but one thing I guess that's not so boring about this is Jerry Judy's return. I think that's something that we're all excited to finally see again. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think this is a fairly juicy matchup. It might just be because I really want to see how Cortland Sutton does. But, yeah, as far as uh, playoff implications, basically none. Uh, but there's some pretty interesting stuff for fantasy going on. Uh, Noah Fant is a great play. And uh, I just wanted to say that if you were aware that 
Antonio Gibson was out snapped by JD McKissick last week. Um, not to worry too much. Uh, Gibson still got 14 carries and two targets. So definitely less work. Um, and definitely you're going to want to monitor his health throughout the week, as I previously mentioned, but um, Gibson is still getting work. Uh, don't worry too much about that. Um, although keep an eye on it because uh, he is getting less snaps than he previously was in the season. So um, moving on to our next matchup, Cowboys, Vikings, Kirk Cousins is going to be my quarterback desperation start of the week this week, or not desperation, best of the rest starts of the week this week. Um, he was dropped in a lot of leagues because of the bye last week in Minnesota. Uh, so he's available um, in a lot of leagues, only rostered in about 40% of the ESPN leagues. Um, and he's averaged over 20, uh, 20 points a game. Cowboys defense, I know uh, Diggs has been uh, very popular. We've gotten a lot of interceptions, but I don't think it's necessarily because he's so good. I think it's, I mean, I think he's good, but I think it's probably because he's being thrown at. He's not incredible, not perfect, uh, makes some mistakes. So uh, the Cowboys can definitely be thrown on. Um, and I expect Kirk Cousins to have a good game. It should be fairly high scoring. I expect the Cowboys to put up points. And if the Vikings ha- are going to be competitive, they'll have to put up points as well. Um, so firing up all the Vikings usual suspects. We all know who they are. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Thielen, and uh, Justin Jefferson. On the Dallas side, I mean, we already covered Michael Gallup, and you know the rest uh, that we usually start there. Tony Pollard, keep holding him. He hasn't been as good as a, as a, as a standalone fantasy option as he was in the beginning of the year, but uh, you got to keep holding him, even if you don't own Zeke, uh, because if Zeke goes down, Tony Pollard could be a league winner. So uh, keep holding him. But other than that, there's nothing, nothing in too, too crazy going on in that matchup. I mean, you start most of the, most of the players in both those offenses every week. I mean, Gabby, is there anything you wanted to add about that? No, not really. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. The two uh, high powered offenses that if you have them in on your team, you're definitely starting. Um, last matchup here, the Monday night matchup, we got the Giants and the Chiefs, both teams that have been <laughs> not, not great this year. Uh, Chiefs have no defense. So it's a, a disappointing that the Giants are having so many injuries for their pass catchers, but Daniel Jones should be a fine streaming option at quarterback. I still have him as a low end, end option bottom, uh, probably about 10 to 12. So in a 12-man league, he's a fine streamer, or definitely in a two-man league, uh, but probably around 10. Uh, so not the best option, but not the worst either. Um, on the Chiefs offense, you know, you got to start the usual suspects. You know, Tyreek Hill, um, Travis Kelsey, and Daryl Williams is still going to be the starter there. Um, and, yeah, Travis uh, – or Patrick Mahomes, we already mentioned him. He should be there, so no downgrades as far as – um, any of the pass catchers there. Uh, Mikol Hardman is the only guy I want to mention if he's available in some of your leagues. I think he's an interesting uh, pickup. He's had five targets in the last two games, which isn't a ton, but it's more than more than most of the receivers in that offense. And I think just because of how good we know that offense can be, I think that's a pretty interesting uh, speculative ad. So I'm definitely not telling you to go out there and for sure go get Mikol Hardman, but uh, if you're looking for an interesting guy to add, I don't think he is uh, the worst option. He definitely has big play potential. 
Um, so, and he's been getting work. So definitely an interesting ad there, but Gabby, anything you wanted to add for this last matchup here? For the Monday night matchup. Uh, yeah, I think Devontae Booker is an interesting play this week versus Kansas City just because they're such a bad defense. Uh, 23rd versus um, running back. So I definitely think um, if Saquon Barkley is in the go, um, you can uh, you can plug him in. And if Saquon Barkley somehow is able to play by the grace of God, I think this is a matchup that you just have to play him. I know in weeks past um, when he was coming off the ACL, I told you to play it slow with him. I even – I think I remember telling you guys in week two that I was benching him, but I don't think I think versus Kansas City and versus just off an ankle sprain, I think you got to play him. Um, I th- I think just the matchup is so juicy in the opportunity. You, Kansas City is so bad on defense that you just you have to play Saquon in in that matchup. But outside of that, on the Kansas City side, I think it's pretty straightforward. You're not playing Michael Hardman until further notice, like you said, but. Travis Kelsey, you're firing up. Tyreek Kill, you're firing up. Daryl Williams and Patrick Mahomes, you're firing up. And, uh, yeah, I just – Devontae Booker, I just want to reiterate, as he's a great start. I don't think that Saquon will play this week. But, like you said, if he does play, I think that's a great call-out to make. Um, in the past, you may have been unsure when Saquon returned if he should play him. And, like you said, uh, it, the matchup's too juicy. So, I think that's a great call-out. Um, that concludes our matchups for this week. I just wanted to reiterate my best of the rest starts of the week this week are Kirk Cousins versus Dallas, Chase Edmonds versus Green Bay, Cortland Sutton versus Washington, and Robert Tunyon versus Arizona. Um, but yeah, that's all for the matchups there. Moving on to our defensive streamers, just in quick fire. Uh, of course, an honorable mention to the Rams, but they should be rostered in every league. I mean, they're playing Houston. They're a great play this week. Um, but in order... Uh, Buffalo versus Miami. Uh, Buffalo is a great defense, and Miami is a struggling offense. Should be a great, a great defensive play this week. Uh, the one that I think is probably the most widely available, though, that's a great play is Cincinnati versus the New York Jets. Um, the Jets obviously are bad this year, and they don't even have Zach Wilson this week. So Cincinnati's been impressive. So fire them up. San Francisco versus Chicago. Chicago's offense has just been so bad that. Uh, you can start basically any defense against them. Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. Tampa Bay, I we I know they have issues in the past defense, but I think that uh, New Orleans is really a, a run-first team, and Tampa Bay should be able to shut that down. And I'm not confident that Jameis Winston, the king of turnovers, is uh, going to play it safe and stop the Tampa Bay from producing, at least for fantasy, um, as far as their defense. So, And last but not least, the Chargers versus New England. I think Mac Jones is smart, but he's still a rookie and uh, Chargers have a good defense and I expect them to produce a turnover. Not the best play this week, um, but they're far from the worst and they're, they're my fifth, um, fifth team. They're a good defense that hasn't really matched up to their fantasy output. And I, I'm predicting that this is the start of them fantasy wise, producing a little bit closer to how good they've actually been um, in reality. But uh, other than that, Gabby, are there any last bits of advice that you want to add before uh, we head out for for the week? Uh, No, I think uh, we're halfway through our fantasy regular season right now, uh, week seven, uh, going into week eight. So 
this is a time to look at your team and analyze your roster. If you're one in six, you still have the opportunity to win your league, but you got to make a trade now. I'm one in six in the league. I have Saquon Barkley and George Kittle that are both hurt. I'm probably most likely going to have to trade one of those guys to somebody for much less value because I need wins now and I cannot wait for those guys to come back and be fully healthy. And it's sad, but I don't want to get tackled in that league. So I'm going to do what it takes to not do that. So look at your, look at your team and look at your situation and kind of decide um, where you are at in your regular season and what moves you need to make to better yourself because you might need to take a risk, but this is what it's all about. If you no risk it, no biscuit. So um, fancy football is fun for a reason. So take those chances. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Everybody for the most part is still in it in their league. So um, even no matter how bad you've been, so don't give up, keep monitoring the waiver wire, play smart, have fun with it, be invested, uh, monitor the transactions, see who gets dropped be, make sure to put all your waiver wire picks in and um, yeah, make sure you, you poke, kick, kick, uh, kick the trash can, you know, kick the can when you think you might be able to trade for somebody on the cheap, make sure you reach out to those owners and see what they're thinking. Um, it's worth it. Even if you don't make a deal just to maybe make some inroads, maybe you will be able to make a deal down the line. So um, yeah, don't give up and keep, keep going. Um, yeah. We're at that turning point where, you got you to gotta keep going even if you've been bad. So that should be everything for us tonight. Um, follow us on Twitter, at SG Fantasy Show. Um, love to have you on there. You can email us at samandgabbyff at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your questions. So thank you again for listening to us, um, and we will see you next time.